Hello, everybody. Welcome back to today's episode of the Chicago Talk Podcast. Sorry I've been gone the past couple days here. I was out of town, so I didn't have a chance to record it all. But I am back, and we have a lot to talk about in today's episode. Uh, in particular, in the NHL, we saw the NHL trade deadline come and go today. And we saw the Hawks make a couple moves, one of them pretty significant. We saw them trade goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury to the Minnesota Wild for a first-round pick in the 2022 draft. The pick was originally supposed to be a second-rounder, but it it has become a first-rounder apparently. So that's some great news for the Hawks as they will now have a first-round pick in this year's draft. And it's sitting around the mid, around around the middle of the of the of the uh, board. But I'm guessing that pick is going to deteriorate in value as the the Wild are going to get better from here. We also saw them trade away Brandon Hagel on Friday. I did want to talk about that. Couldn't. Uh, this was a big move for the Hawks because this sort of symbolized um, the big value that they were going to get in return for Hagel. They got two first-round picks in 2023 and 2024, uh, as well as Boris uh, Boris Kachok and Taylor Radish, who are two kind of depth pieces, but the picks were the big part of the haul. And you know, considering where Tampa Bay is at, the picks probably won't be all that valuable. They'll probably be in the in the back half of the first round, but they're still they're still first round picks and the Hawks definitely need those. Uh, and for Radish, he's no he's a depth piece, same thing with Boris, but uh, no, the picks were picks were pretty significant. They could actually become a lot more valuable in uh, in time. So uh, I think this is going to be something that is going to is going to greatly benefit the Hawks. We knew Kyle Davidson was going to be very ambitious in his moves at the deadline. We knew he wanted to turn towards a rebuild. We knew he wanted to reload this prospect pool, and he's going to do it with these picks. So uh, I really like this move by uh, no by Davidson. I know it sucks to see Hagel go, and I think. He'll be great in Tampa Bay because he's just a, a hustle guy who I think can play in any system anywhere. But it sucks to see him go. But of course, uh, it's a good move for the Hawks because they'll get great returns for him. You also saw them trade away Ryan Carpenter to the Calgary Flames. This one was a move that I think a lot of people weren't too shocked about. Uh, Carpenter is a great power, uh, great penalty kill leader. He's been the Hawks' uh, penalty kill penalty kill guy for the no for the last couple years now so his value is definitely very high because of that uh we've seen them get a fourth round pick for him which is i think about where i think a lot of people expected him to you know get back for the hawks in return but um no another guy who kind of sucks to see him go as well he's sort of a hustle guy as well uh but on that pow- on penalty kill i mean he he's done an incredible job leading that penalty kill uh he plays very similar to Hagel as well so should definitely play a big role in that Calgary Flames team uh then we had some other uh some other you know Hawks moves I guess or not really moves but guys they chose not to move we saw uh Dominic Kubelik on Thursday we were talking about him how the the Hawks were potentially in the market to trade him away and that there was actually a trade being being uh, put together with them in the Winnipeg Jets, and however, it uh, looks like both sides have chosen to you know, have chosen to go their separate ways on that because Kubalik is still with the Blackhawks as the as the uh, trade deadline has passed. We also saw the Hawks choose not to move on from Calvin DeHaan. We heard there was a lot of talk with the Nashville Predators potentially bringing DeHaan in as a veteran defenseman, and that has not happened apparently. That trade fell through as well, so Calvin Hahn stays with the Blackhawks. Uh, then we also had Dylan Strome and Alex Dabrinkit, two guys who 
I wouldn't have liked to seen the Hawks move on from. I definitely would have liked to see them keep both of these guys. Uh, but with Kyle Davidson, I, fig- I figured if he was going to get a good return for him, he'd probably be willing to trade those guys away. And not shockingly, uh, or actually I guess kind of, kind of shockingly to me personally, uh, those guys are both still with the Blackhawks. And I thought, you know, at the time, maybe there was a potential the Hawks were going to try and capitalize off the value that Dylan Strome was showing. Um, but unfortunately, no, they chose not to do that. And I say unfortunately, because his value was at an all-time high. I don't think it's going to get any higher than it is right now, unless he's able to uh, have another great season like he's having right now. But uh, to bring in Strome sticking around, I do like that. Uh, but at the same time, no, you lose out on a lot of value there for that uh, Dylan Strome could bring you, but Hawks are going to choose to stick with him. Now we have the Bulls, who will be returning to the to the uh, hardwood tonight at 7 o'clock against the Raptors at the United Center. Bulls come into it 41 and 29. They are currently on a three-game losing streak after those losses against Phoenix, Utah, and Sacramento. Those That was just an unwatchable, some unwatchable games. Uh, and the Bulls I don't really think I need to explain it all that much. Just really, you know, got outplayed by you know, one team they probably should beat in Sacramento and then two teams in Utah and Phoenix who are sitting at the top of their conference. Uh, but not not a great, no, not a great West Coast trip for the Bulls. Uh, now, it's going to be really interesting to see them, you know, take on this Raptors team that's been hungry as of late, uh, come into this one off a win over the, in the, their last game over the Philadelphia 76ers. So uh, this is going to be a really interesting game. The Bulls will have a boost at the power forward position. They are getting Patrick Williams back, who has missed the last five months with that wrist injury. So he'll be a great return for the Bulls. We'll bring them a lot of interior presence. Uh, on the defensive side, and he has great athleticism, great, uh, great versatility as well. Um, he's, no, he's just all around great defender. I think we all know how much defensive upside he has, and he's a great has great reaction time, very strong frame. He has great help in, instincts. Uh, has also you know, had a pretty solid two way ceiling as well. Has a very strong mid range game that I'm sure he's improved a lot with you no know, Demar Derozan there being the being the guy who can you know hit a mid range better than anyone, but. Having Williams back is going to be huge for this Bulls team because I think they've definitely been missing him uh, down low. Then we have some bad news on some other injuries. Lonzo Ball, uh, no no closer to returning. Donovan said that he has no setbacks, but at the same time, he has not really been recovering in his rehab from his knee injury, which is a really bad sign because there was some hope we were going to see Lonzo Ball return to the Bulls and we were going to get the Bulls fully healthy by the time the season was over but unfortunately it doesn't look like that's going to be the case um everyone no it seems like everyone was very optimistic but it seems like uh no right now ever since no he started his rehab he's tried to do some other no some no he's trying to move forward in his rehab and it's just been constant pain so uh it looks like Lonzo Ball's status is definitely not going to be getting any better here uh so that's that's not a no that's not a good thing to hear at all because you know losing Lonzo Ball for the rest of the season would be a major blow for this Bulls team Bulls currently lead the season series over the Raptors 2-1. Last time these two teams played, the Raptors won in overtime in Toronto. So Bulls looking to finally snap out of this losing streak here. This would be a big win for them if they were to to get a win over this Raptors team. Now we have some Bears news to talk about and some free agent signings that they made. The first signing was wide receiver Byron Pringle from the Kansas City Chiefs. We, I think I actually talked about Pringle as a potential 
free agent signing to the Bears from Kansas City due to his connections with Ryan Poles, and that's what happened. We saw him sign a one-year deal with the Bears. Uh, Noah, he's a solid receiver. You know, kind of got overshadowed at times in that Kansas City uh, in that Kansas City receiving room. But uh, no, in this season, he had his best year: 568 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, we saw him catch some touchdowns in the playoffs as well. So uh, I think he's a great addition for the Bears. Plays very similar uh, to a guy like Tyreek Hill. So I would you know. I definitely like this move by the Bears. Not going to be opposed to it at all. Then we also saw them sign Packers wide receiver Equinemius St. Brown. Uh, St. Brown, another guy who kind of got overlooked at times in that Packers receiver room. We saw him only put up 98 yards on nine receptions, no touchdowns. Uh, however, in 2018, he did have 328 yards, but not a guy I think will be a huge impact in this Bears receivers room. Uh, would have definitely taken his brother Amara over him, but uh, that's besides the point. Uh, then we have some other signings to the defense now. We saw uh, Al Quandin uh, Muhammad, who I think is honestly got to be one of the most underrated signings of the offseason, ended up putting up six sacks last season, and the Bears got him on a two-year, $10 million deal. So I think this is a really underrated signing for the Bears. I think him and Robert Quinn on the edges are going to do really well, and we saw him break out in a big way last year. So this is a very good signing by the Bears. I really like this one. No, bringing him over from Indianapolis where uh, he he had been with uh, Matt Eberflus. I really like this move by the Bears. And uh, excuse me, then we also saw them bring in Justin Jones, a defensive tackle from the can uh, from the uh, Los Angeles Chargers after the deal with Larry Ogunjobi fell through due to a failed physical. So uh, Bears not signing Ogunjobi then would replace him only a couple hours later with Justin Jones, who last season in 11 games had three sacks. Another guy who I think could honestly be a pretty underrated signing for the Bears. No, got him on a uh, got him on a, a small price. So honestly, I think this could also be another one of those very underrated signings by this Bears team. But uh, so far, I've actually you know I've liked the moves that the Bears have made in particular. You no, know, bringing in Muhammad and Pringle, I think were my two top moves so far. And I think you no, know, getting out of you know losing Ogunjobi definitely sucks. But at the same time, you know, as I started to think about it more. I saw you no. Know, there was a lot more backlash on the move, and I, I started to understand why. You know, Ogunjobi did play with a very good defensive line that featured Sam Hubbard uh, as well as guy from the Saints. I'm completely blanking on his name. Uh, guy for the Bengals. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, there we go. Um, no, he played with those two guys on that line, and they were both absolute studs off the edge. They gave him a lot. They, you know, they, they let him work down low, or uh, in the trenches, I guess. I just don't... I, 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 like, I don't like the... Uh, I don't like the contract that they gave him. I feel like that was a little bit too much now that I really think about it. And there was a lot of other people also complaining about that contract for him for a guy who sort of had one pretty solid season in Cincinnati but looked back to his time in Cleveland wasn't really that much of a game changer. I feel like him alone on that defensive line with really just Robert Quinn could have been a recipe for disaster and could have definitely looked a lot worse than it should. But um, no, for, for me, I think getting out of that contract is not a horrible thing at all. I feel like that could definitely benefit the Bears in the long run. But uh, that is going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I will see you guys tomorrow.